0: Hello! Welcome to the News in 5 slash High Reliability Podcast. I am your host, Peter Martin, President of Goslin Martin Associates. For those of you watching on our YouTube channel, this is the News in 5 for December 2021. We'll go a little bit longer than the normal five minutes, and we've actually changed the format. You may notice that I'm actually at home sitting in front of our Christmas tree. I thought it's the holiday season. It's the Christmas season. Let's change it up a little bit. For those of you who are listening via our High Reliability podcast, there is a recording that goes to this, but this will be also released in podcast form. And uh, if you're a regular listener to High Reliability, thank you. This will be shorter than one of our normal podcasts. But I thought it was appropriate as we look um, at the year end, I want to take a look back at the year 2021 in healthcare facilities management and just pointed at a couple of things um, that I've noticed relative to the recruiting front, the industry front, again, as always, we will focus on healthcare facilities management, but if you're a regular podcast listener, today you are stuck with me. But as I said, I think it's appropriate to sit in front of the Christmas tree. As we look at the year past, um, everybody always, I think, gets a little bit reflective and certainly this is not a philosophy or theory YouTube channel News and Five or a podcast, but I know that for me personally, every year when my family puts up um, a Christmas tree, you just we we get reflective. There's lots of ornaments on the tree, uh, lots of ornaments that that uh, mark the passing of time, really. And as those of you who have listened before know, with my mom having passed in '96, a brother having passed in 2000. My dad in 2008, I don't take anything for granted. And and the annual putting up of the tree is when we put all these ornaments on a tree. And so I'm always very thankful um, to have another year. And I'm very thankful to always be here with friends. I'm thankful to be here with you. And I'm thankful to work in this industry of healthcare facilities management. It is a crazy time. And I think, you know, as we look back and look ahead, the Christmas tree is a perfect metaphor um, for the past, but also to give us hope for the future. Um, and that's always what I see and always kind of what I think of. And you know, with that said, as I, I look at the year back, um, it's another crazy year, right? Um, we just completed one of our, our high reliability podcasts. We did a roundtable and I had four great guests on. Dr. Robert Fellbauer from the University of Cincinnati, uh, Robert Hacker, Director of Facilities Management out in California, uh, Christine Perry, who's a VP of HR here or nearby in New York, um, and Carol McCormick, who's out in the Heartland, in Nebraska, uh, at CHI Medical Center. And we talked a lot about the year that's just gone by. And another difficult year for all of you. I think if you're listening to this via the podcast or you're watching it, um, it's been another tough year, <laughs> you know, to be honest. We're almost approaching two years of, of the COVID, um, of the COVID outbreak, um, of the pandemic. And as my guest said in the High Reliability podcast, um, it was another tough year for them. And new challenges um, showed themselves. Now, fortunately, the pandemic um, is not quite as intense or as bad as it was. That's not to diminish the loss of human life that has occurred or will occur. But there are new challenges now. And we talked about employment challenges. We talked about salary challenges. We talked about employee availability. And that's where I want to start you know, with this News in 5, this high reliability. Um, If you've listened before, again, we talk a lot about, um, you know, trends. And a couple of things that stood out for me or to me, you know, as we look at the year 2021 is it's an employee's market. And so I always say, you know, when we're talking to candidates or people who call for advice, um, take time to be reflective of your career. And I think at the end of the year is a great time to do that. And so what we've seen this year, if we were wondering as we came out of COVID, when when COVID started, it kind of put a halt on everything and salaries were really good. Employee movement was good. And we were wondering what would occur post-COVID. And I can tell you that um, you know, as we sit here in December of 2021, salaries are bountiful, above midpoint, I believe, I, not I believe, I know it is an employees market um, and salaries are good and i think you know we talk a lot about um you know when when we work with organizations and then when we just consult with candidates so we hear lots of things i wonder if organizations and systems are aware of the new reality relative to um the employee market relative with healthcare facilities management and salaries i don't know that they are We, um, organizations, and we've said this before, when you're interviewing uh, a candidate, the organization needs to welcome that candidate as though they're a guest in their home. And they need to do that now more than ever. Now, increasingly, and I think, you know, probably in part because HR departments and support departments, much like healthcare facilities management, they've been gutted. (laughs) You know, they don't have enough employees. And so, But increasingly, um, just hearing stories of of organizations who just aren't always valuing the time of the candidates who are placed in front of them. And I'm not even talking from my perspective as a recruiting firm, I hear lots of things. Just yesterday talking to a gentleman who told me that um, he went for an interview, he flew in, the person who was supposed to greet him was 15 minutes late, came to work late, wasn't there when he arrived at the hospital, He ended up sitting in the lobby for 15 minutes alone just while he waited. Now, again, a small thing perhaps, but not really. I mean, you just have to value the time. If you're supposed to be there at nine, you got to be there. And if you're not going to be there, there has to be somebody there to greet. Another story candidate goes into an organization, full day interview, left alone at lunch. No lunch provided. Nobody sat with them. So these are small things, but these candidates both left those interviews. They're like, I don't want to work within that organization. I think that um, timely return of phone calls is very important as well. I know that candidates, and again, we we deal with lots of people, and they'll say, hey, Pete, I never get a call back. Why not? And you know, I try to, you know, I know nobody's perfect. I'm not perfect, and this isn't even meant to, to. um to disparage or diminish. But it's more to say, you got to treat the candidates as though their time is valued and as though they're valued and as though you're trying to woo them. Even if you don't want to do it that way, you kind of have to because candidates have options. And we know, we know that candidates are much more um, reflective. You know, one of the interesting things to me that has come out of the past two years in talking with candidates, Um, whether it's via our career hub or what we're recruiting for. Candidates, I think now, not all, are more reflective. Um, COVID, it's probably changed you. I know it's changed me. It's really changed all of us for the good, for the bad. Um, But that's not the point of this podcast. But I'm finding that candidates are more reflective on their next job. And and I see people um, who maybe were at higher levels and now they want to step back a little bit. They don't want to be at a director level or a VP level anymore. They want to be a doer. Um, They want to, you know, they don't necessarily want to climb that ladder. So it's really an interesting time because we have, you know, we have the fallout from COVID. We have employee shortages. We have salaries which are rising. And sometimes organizations are, are, are trying to catch up to that. And we have a reflective candidate base. We really do. And so I was talking to a gentleman yesterday and we were talking about this. We're not sure that organizations um, have seen the new reality yet. And I think it's because like most of us, they're understaffed and they're on the run. But the takeaway from this, you know, as we come out of this is candidates market and candidates are very, um, are very selective. They're going to interview you just as you're interviewing them and the little stuff matters. Um, And so be aware of that as you're trying to woo candidates, because we know you know, that, that uh, gray tsunami is here. I continually will get emails from people in our network. Hey, Pete, going interim, going interim, going interim. We know that two years ago, prior to COVID, people were going to retire and they stayed on. And now they're leaving. And that's real. And I'll tell you, the other trend that is concerning, and I think I mentioned this on our podcast, um, is the mid-career professional you know the forty to fifty-five year old, um, thirty-five to fifty-five, whatever it happens to be, who is leaving healthcare. There are a number of healthcare facility managers slash directors who have been employed. It's the only industry they've ever known, and now they're leaving it. They're going to education, maybe going to pharmaceuticals, maybe going to manufacturing. Let's face it. I mean, if you can be a healthcare facility director in healthcare then you've got a great transferable skill. And you, know, you deal with regulatory compliance, you deal with construction, you deal with FM, you deal with vaccine mandates where people are no longer, you know, people have lost staff. So there's a whole bunch of stuff you're dealing with. You're dealing with 24-7, 365. And so maybe the education avenue, whether it's a director at a, a private school or a college or university or whatever it happens to be, might be a little bit more enticing to you these days manufacturing, pharmaceuticals. We're seeing that trend. That's really the one that worries me the most because we knew that the gray tsunami was gonna get here. That was a matter of time. But those people who you would normally hope to backfill that director, they're leaving. And do they ever come back? I don't know. You know, I know that we find, or I find, Jack finds, when we're talking to um, people in our network, who have left healthcare facilities management, I will get phone calls and say, hey, Pete, I wanna get back in. You know, they might go to education, they might go to manufacturing, and they miss the drug of healthcare, the the adrenaline that comes with it, you know, the the patient satisfaction that comes with it, the mission critical, life-saving that comes with it. Um, That's part of the reason I like the consulting business so much. Having worked in the environment before, and having left the hospital environment, I want to keep a foot in it, and this is a perfect way to do it without having that day-to-day accountability of a hospital. Certainly, there's a different day-to-day accountability, but you know that would be if you're considering uh, career changes. Keep that in mind. Some people do leave healthcare, and then they get to that other industry. I don't want to say they're bored, but they're not as challenged. And I'll bet you, a lot of you listening to this, you love the passion and you love the mission of healthcare facilities management because it's real. And they lose that. So they end up coming back. But that's kind of a secondary point to the to the more broad point of a concerning trend is those folks um, who are leaving. You know, the other thing that I think is, you know, we were talking about organizations. Um, you've probably seen this. People are not staying as long in organizations as they once did. They may be leaving three to four years, two to four years. It's a much more mobile workforce and they value work-life balance and um, they they have expectations and demands and so and because the market is so good because there are so many job openings which is only going to continue there is you know there is a mobile workforce and that's you know to me as we look at it that's disconcerting I guess and it's nobody's fault it's not an organization's fault I don't blame a candidate. I really don't blame anybody. It's just a byproduct of society. You know, we can work within our organization. We can work to make whatever we do better. But you have a hard time keeping that societal influence out for as hard as you try. So, you know, if you know that people are going to be leaving, or you know, your expectation is that two to four years, you know, try to provide them opportunity. Try to provide them succession planning. You know, as was always the case, um, people like to have opportunity, like like to see a career path, they like to be valued, that communication now is more important than ever. It's part of the reason in our education classes we stress communication so much. Uh, It's critical, without it, you can't succeed. So, um, you know, I think that's a new reality, too, in the employment market. They're leaving two to four years. Um, I was talking to, in in one of our podcasts, we talked to, as I said, mentioned, Christine Perry. She's a VP of HR. And she said to me, you know, I tell my hiring people, you know, if you think you can get three to four good years out of this person, then and you think they're going to be a valued employee, then hire them. Because if you're looking for 10 years, eight to 10 years, that is an eternity these days. So I think all, you know, I think as we look across the board, expectations for candidates, expectations for organizations, expectations for us here at uh, Gaston Martin Associates need to change. You know, I'm looking at the market. We're looking at the market. And we're seeing what's occurring, and we still have our great network, but we'll be doing some new offerings next year. We're going to offer a partnered search where we work more closely with organizations. You know, one of the reasons um, that I like what we do is we're able to create relationships with organizations. I think you want to learn, you know, we do what we do best when we partner with that organization and when communication flows back and forth and when you know organization expectations, and you know how they work, and you know what type of employee works best in that system. So we're rolling out what we're calling the partnered search in, in 2022. If, if you have worked in construction, and I was a PM in construction for a while, you know if you're familiar with a GMP, guaranteed maximum price structure, that's kind of what we're basing our partnered search on. But And there'll be more information on that. But the partnered search is really to change to the market, and to change where the market is going, and to provide best value to clients. We all have to change. I don't care what your role is. You know, if you're trying to do what we did even two years ago, um, it's not going to work. And so, it's an exciting time again. The Christmas tree metaphor. <laughs> you know, we got the past, but we got hope for the future. So, you know, those are a couple of things on the um, employee, of the organization side. I think the other, only other thing I would say, or I think, what is. What is tied into everything we've just discussed, and I apologize if you've heard me talk about this before. I hate getting on soapboxes, and I simply really don't mean to. But it's the question that won't go away because we deal with it all the time in our recruiting. And I know that candidates deal with it quite frequently as they look for jobs, whether they're working with us or not. It's the the college degree and the necessity for a college degree. Now, my position is pretty well documented on it. I do not believe that there should be a blanket requirement at the director level of facilities management for a college degree. Now, that is increasingly swimming upriver because more and more organizations are requiring it. Now, I would say with a caveat, um, some organizations at the director level, I would think a degree would be required. You know, you're an academic medical center. I can see it. You know, you're at a huge, big hospital, two million, two, 2 plus million square feet. I could see it. So there are, you know, you want to go to the VP level, you need a degree. We're talking the director level. We're not talking the VP level. You want to go to a regional director level, you probably need it. So we're talking the director level. But um, we have organizations, I want a degree. Why do you want the degree? And what we'll often hear is, well, you're interacting with the C level. You have to be able to think on your feet. You need to be able to communicate well. And I'm kind of paraphrasing here. Um, And my question back is, if you're a director, and we are seeing this, you know this is not a, um, uh, what's the term they use? A straw man argument. You hear that a lot, right? People create a straw man. They create this person that doesn't really exist to argue their point. But we work, and we have worked with organizations, and I know of organizations that require a degree at a director level of facilities management. And so you can place a director of facilities management in front of them, somebody who's got 15 to 20 years experience. At a director level, somebody who has a demonstrated record of success, somebody who maybe they didn't go to college coming out of high school, but they went to the trade school. So they they went to HVAC trades and they spent two years in the trades learning a trade. And then they maybe joined the union. Then maybe they became manager, director. They worked their way up, but they are not being considered. That is dumbfounding to me. Absolutely dumbfounding. In 2021, we have more ways than ever to gain knowledge. We know that college is not the end-all, be-all for knowledge gain. So I, I don't, you know, I don't understand the need. You know, and again, people will point to that soft skills, and, and that is certainly true. But you, know, you don't learn that in college. I didn't learn that in college. Um, I didn't learn that for a long time. I don't think. Maybe I still don't learn it, but. I know we're swimming up river on that. And I often will say to organizations, I don't know why you wouldn't consider this person. They've done the job. Do you want to hire, You know, when the phone call goes out at two o'clock in the morning, do you want to go to a director who's done it before? Or do you want a person with a college degree who maybe has never worked in healthcare? That's another one. Organizations hire directors of FM who don't have healthcare experience. Scary these days, especially with, you know, the, the the regulatory and compliance demands, which are only increasing, you know, the COVID, your HVAC, your airflow, your balancing, it's, but organizations are doing it. They're hiring people without college, without uh, healthcare experience, but they have a college degree. And so I'm very passionate about that. I don't want to speak on it too much longer. I just always, I try to, you know, organizations we work with that require the college degree. I do try to challenge them on that respectfully. Sometimes you win. Sometimes you lose, but then, you know, to, to wrap up this part and this discussion of it, I think pragmatically, like if you lived in a perfect world, and God knows we are not in a perfect world, but if you lived in a perfect world where you had availability of talent who had healthcare experience and the, the job market was tight, well then, sure, by all means, have the degree because you're you're in that position of strength. But right now, you're not in the position of strength if you're hiring, if you want dedicated hospital experience and the burnout is real and the people retiring is real so how are you going to fill your role is it going to make you feel happy that the person's got the degree but they don't have the healthcare experience and then the only last thing i would say i keep saying the last thing on it but i could always keep going um, i think that you know maybe a couple of years ago and, and i know i've come to this realization um, recently and i think i always operated this way but it just kind of struck me I always tell people when we give resume advice, um, organizations are always looking to re- for reasons to disqualify you. They're looking for a reason to say no. And in some ways that makes sense because if you have a job and you have all of these people, you've got to weed them down somehow. There has to be some criteria by which you're eliminating people because you probably can't talk to everybody who's interested in it. But I think these days more than ever, Organizations have to look for reasons to say yes. You may attract a candidate who doesn't fit everything on your bucket. You're not going to get that anymore. So how do you back, not backfill, but how do you solve for what you perceive that they don't have? One of the big ones is would be finance, Um, uh, working with numbers, budgeting. That may be a weakness for many folks. I know numbers are a weakness for me. So how do you solve for that? You got somebody who's got technical experience, they've got years of experience, they've got everything you're looking for, but they don't have a degree, and you perceive they can't do the finance. How do you solve for that? And I think that's where organizations like us come in, and there's many out there who can help you with that, not just us, because this is an industry issue. You know, we're all gonna end up in a hospital at some point, all of us, unfortunately. And so it's your mother, your father, your son, your daughter, whomever it happens to be. You know this issue is only going to become more acute, and so how are we going to solve for it? We're not going to solve for it by saying somebody without a degree, out, I'm not going to hire you, because it's going to impact us all, and it's actually starting to impact us all now. So, you know, there's not only uh, an organizational issue, but it's a personal issue because it is, you know, it's coming at us, and it's probably coming at us sooner rather than later. So, we had um, we had a nice discussion about that in our in our last. Um, in our last podcast, I, I would just put in, you know, if you are one of the things that we're working on for next year. We have our career hub now, but we're going to become much more aggressive with that relative to to candidates, um, to helping um, folks with their careers in a much more systematic fashion. So I hope you're looking for that. We're also working on our new website for 2022, which is hard to believe. So there is um, a lot going on, at least within. Goslin martin associates with Jack and i one last thing um i want to mention on the podcast um my favorite podcast of the year i thank all of you who have been a guest on our podcast um i really appreciate it it uh it means so much to me i enjoy doing them and and, and people like them so thank you so much um but recently we did band of brothers podcast we talked about leadership lessons band of brothers if you listen to it thank you if you haven't listened to it i would listen to it um band of brothers is hbo miniseries but before it was an hbo miniseries it was a book by stephen ambrose in 1992 and before it became a book by stephen A. ambrose in 1992 band of brothers easy company 101st airborne actually paratroopers back in World War II in 1942. So we did a great podcast talking about leadership lessons from Band of Brothers, but then applying them into healthcare facilities management. So like all of our uh, high reliability podcasts, they spoke focused specifically on healthcare facilities management. I'd encourage you to, you know, download them and listen to them. So as we look to wrap up, what are we looking at in 2022? As I told you on our personal side with the partner search and with the um, with the Career Hub. And if you want to be a guest on on High Reliability, feel free to, you know, reach out to to us. But I think from the employment perspective um, or from a candidate development perspective, I counsel people quite frequently that um, don't feel, so if you are a can or, you know, if you don't know, you know, should I leave this organization? Uh, Am I happy? What am I doing? I would say um, the first thing is just to slow down a little bit, and, and there's a lot of info to be discussed but i think the overarching or maybe the global thing is that there's a lot of opportunity out there and this opportunity is only going to increase going forward um, even as organizations systematize you know new roles are opening up energy role and energy isn't exactly new but energy reduction in my in the podcast the other day and talking to bob fellbauer at uc health he was talking about a new role they're going to roll out next year uh uh, relative to FM and technology and infrastructure. So technology, energy, all of these roles, are they're going to become more acute and more frequent. So there's a ton of opportunity out there. And so if you feel that pit in your stomach, and I've had that pit before when you might not be happy where you are, or you don't know if you should be doing something else, or you don't know if you're being challenged or valued or whatever it is, slow down, take a step back, my kids hate it. When I tell my kids to slow down, they look at me. So I just said slow down and I envisioned one of my kids looking at me saying dad. So anyways, I didn't mean slow down in that way, but take a break and, and just know that there's opportunity out there um, and that it's only begun to become more and more as we go forward. Um, and if you ever want to talk, you need to talk, you know where to reach us. Look for that career hub coming out. So I guess in closing, I would say thank you for listening. Thank you for We had a great year, a lot of new content. So I appreciate everybody who who has worked with us, and I appreciate everybody who has paid us, and I appreciate everybody who has just called and talked to because we really value those relationships. I'd say a Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year, and if you don't celebrate Christmas, I wish you peace and joy because that should be applicable for all of us and universal. And for our friends who have already celebrated Hanukkah, which was very early this year, right? December 1st through the 8th, a Happy Hanukkah, in retrospect. We will talk to you later. Thank you so much. I'm Peter Martin. Have a great holiday season, and we will see you in 2022.